Tonight's recap of The Amazing Race Mega Leg is sponsored by our friends over at BetterHelp Online Counseling. If you think that you may be depressed or feeling overwhelmed or anxious, BetterHelp Online Counseling offers licensed professional therapists who are trained to listen and to help with a variety of issues. The holidays is a time when a lot of people could be feeling down in any year, especially in 2020, where everybody is feeling a little bit of something. But if you are dealing with issues surrounding anxiety, grief, depression, relationship conflicts, difficulty sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, which come up a lot around the holidays, then talk to somebody over at BetterHelp. All you have to do, simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then get matched up with a counselor in under 48 hours. Easily schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus exchange unlimited messages to communicate with your therapist at your convenience. Everything you share is confidential. And if for any reason you're unhappy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time at no additional charge. Join the 1 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced counselor. BetterHelp is an affordable option and our listeners get 10% off their first month with the discount code RHAP. So get started today at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com slash RHAP. Talk to a therapist online and get help. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now, here's the guy who is going to start going to Hung for all my orthodontic work. I am a Rob Sister Nino. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Amazing Race Recap, the Mega Leg. I already called dibs on Mega Leg on the turkey this Thanksgiving, but we are here to talk about two hours of Amazing Race that took place through India with uh, double the detours, double the tasks, and we're going to have double the fun here tonight as we talk about this two-hour Amazing Race. First, let's bring in our chief Amazing Race correspondent. Here she is. Jessica Lee's Jess, how are you? I'm great, Rob, and it's a good thing you're calling dibs on the mega leg because I don't want your kids to eat it and have a bunch of disgusting stuff coming out of it. <laughs> disgusting. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. I wish that that would uh, prevent that from happening by just not giving them any part of the turkey, but I think that that happens uh, either way. So uh, excited to talk about uh, this night of Amazing Race and back with us, of course, here. Give it up for Mr. Mike Bloom. So happy to be here, Rob. Ready to get swiggy yes. with this and uh, travel through India here. Double the distance. Double the distance. All right. Yeah. Two hour mega leg. Kaylin and Haley have uh, gone home. We will hear from them on our Tar Pit episode of uh, Rob as a podcast for you later on this week. We'll also take your questions. Send them in to us. Amazing race at Rob has a website uh, dot com, and normally uh, we'd be able to answer these uh, for you uh, live, but uh, this podcast is not live. So you can send your questions in. We'd love to hear them. Amazing race at Rob has a website dot com for Tarpit. And don't, and don't worry, you don't need to catch ones and zeros with your hands to send your emails. Just click a nice friendly button. Okay. All right. But um, 
Let's talk about this leg in India, because right before we came on, uh, there was some discussion about how it was a little bit, some different opinions on uh, the panel about tonight's episode. And Jess, let me start with you. Uh, what Your review of the mega leg. Hold on. Let me just uh, let's oh. let's give it put some respect on the mega leg name, the. I I when I when I hear the word mega leg I kind of hear it in Doctor Evil's voice. I kind of hear it as uh, mega lega high mega hiney ho. <laughs> yeah, that's what I believe a Naomi Calhoun tweeted to Jess and I. That's it's my very much Jumbie from Pee Wee's Playhouse. I'm surprised I didn't have to find that also head wore in a AR to to yeah to put on like a column right of like this is where you are Jumbie. This is where Cherry is mm-hmm. in the uh, Indian version of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yes, I really feel like that might be somehow culturally insensitive. Yes, that uh, Jumbie. Yeah, John B. the Genie in India, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure where he's from, but I feel like there may be stereotyping. <laughs> okay. He does have a turban. Yeah, I think he's also green. He is yeah. green. Okay. But that might just be the tint from the afterlife or wherever, whatever, like, nebulous purgatory that John B. Lived. I, do you think John B. Just did, a, do you think John B. did something bad in his normal life that, like, this is where he lives out his Well, days? I wonder, could Pee Wee only see him with an iPad? Was that part of it also? Mm. I think that there might have been some uh, augmented reality in uh, Pee Wee's I yeah, I mean, see you, John B. <laughs> I don't know! I mean, okay, sorry. We're way off the, we're way off oh, the track. Dear. Okay, Jess, mega leg. I mean, it's it really wouldn't be a podcast with the two Sorry. of you if I didn't start to make a point and have the two of you descend into bad impressions. Bad impressions? That's the secret word! Ah! Yeah, I, I have to say, it's a good thing they had Megaleg going for him because the word Megaleg is just about the only thing that this leg had going for it. Yes, you were down on you were Michael down on leg. the. I just want to make sure that uh, we get this straight. So you were down on the leg or the outcome or both. Uh, both kind of. I wanted a surprising outcome. I mean, Haley and Kalen had a good run, and you knew they were kind of running on fumes going into this leg. Yeah. But I wanted the surprise. And they didn't even bother to pretend there was going to be a surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'll, I'm really excited to talk about this leg because I think there were some very bad mistakes made mm-hmm. in it in terms of planning, because essentially what we watched was a two hour circling of the drain where Kaylin and mm-hmm. Haley's game essentially ended from jump when they lost when they got a bad cab driver. Yeah. Because from that on, and she, they told me that as much in, in my exit interview with them, which should be out right now, actually, on Parade.com, that essentially, apparently, the cab driver got them lost for hours. And so you just sort of throw on top those 40-minute cumulative yields and all the other stuff going on. And it was just, when if you watch The Amazing Race for the suspense of it all, this might be one of the least suspenseful episodes in recent memory than I can imagine. On top of that, sort of like we talked about on the Tar Pits, it was a lot of Alliance, 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 Mind 5. Now we have, like, the Onions almost. We're going by the BR rules and that now we have this three-team Alliance that is within the five. It, it just seemed like... I'll come right out and say... And I mean no offense to the teams whatsoever, because, again, I really do love this cast. But this was far and away my least favorite episode of the season so far. Episodes, I guess I will say, cumulatively. I just feel like not a lot of it worked. There are certainly nuggets that I think we can sink our teeth into, like a nice pair of chompers, Mm -hmm. as Phil would put it. But I I think, by and large, there were just just moments where I would be like, oh, yeah, this is exciting, but also we know that Haley and Kaylin are are going to be eliminated. And so there's some tension removed. Yeah. So was it 
just getting unlucky that Kaylin and Haley were, were so far behind? Or, or was there something fundamentally wrong with the mega leg, Jess? Well, I don't think there was anything necessarily wrong with the mega leg. I can't blame the mega leg for their ouster, especially since there were many normal legs that probably should have caused their ouster before this. Yeah. But I do think that if we're going to have a completely expected outcome, I at least want to see something really super cool happening. And we got some beautiful locations. I think this might be the most beautiful India has ever looked on this program. But I don't know. There was no there there. It was really these tasks were not not all that much fun to watch. Yeah, I was not as down on it uh, overall. That's why I'm a little surprised that you're both, and I'm sure you're right because you both uh, have arrived at the same conclusion and me as the more of the amazing race casual that I definitely am wrong. I, but uh, I didn't mind it uh, so much. I mean, for Kaylin and Haley, Mike, uh, they really are sort of like the uh, miracle story of the uh, Hanukkah lamp in terms of uh, being an amazing race team, <laughs> somehow managing to convert like being a team at the back of the pack somehow into uh, maybe staying around for five legs past where they should have. Right, but this is like the equivalent of they're on the fifth night of Hanukkah, you know, the Romans come in and like throw the Maccabees aside and knock over the menorah, you know? <laughs> I, I think that part of it is the the fact that after Leo and Alana were eliminated, I know certain people were certainly pulling for like, okay, this is where, you know, the blondes will rise and they'll sort of infiltrate this alliance. And that ends up not happening. Yeah. And of course, this happened. This happens all the time in the Amazing Race. I mean, to go back to the question of like, you know, was the mega leg the problem? I personally believe that I think the double yields was just a bad, yeah. bad thing to put into this leg. Uh, especially, like, I don't want to say change things up on the fly when you know the situation. But if you know that it's a situation where it's a five-team alliance and one team on the outs, I'd say maybe take a look at the double leg with two yields in it and be like, Maybe we don't add the ability to have a pile on happen here. Maybe we remove this a bit. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to take it to the think tank for a second. What if What if we had all of these things that you can throw in someone's path to slow them up? But instead of once you use your yield, you can't use it again. Once you have a yield used on you, nobody else can ever use it on you again. Mm. That's really interesting. I, I like that idea, or at least I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by that idea of like, well, because Kaylin and Haley got yielded once. I mean, again, I don't think the second yield affected them whatsoever because they were so far well, yeah. behind mm -hmm. at that point. But that would have been interesting. I mean, in that case, I think just given the, the trajectory of the season, nobody would have used it. I don't think yeah. even like the, the three team uh, inner core would have yielded Gary and D'Angelo right now because they know that Kaylin and Haley would have gone. But I think it could be an interesting caveat as we... Also, I guess one of our big ticket items is that, uh, our, you know, we bid adieu to the yield, at least for this season. This was the last time they had yeah, to use it. Hopefully forever. Yeah. No, it didn't really uh, go great, uh, the yield, especially. Uh, we're, I don't think we're going to miss it so much in its uh, finale here in the season. Just that I do feel like that things ended up going especially bad for Kalen and Haley. One, that they are have a lot of trouble getting from point A to point B. Uh, that has been well yeah, documented. Either by their own volition <laughs> yeah. or by somebody else. Yes, but I thought that they also got especially unlucky that it seemed like, oh, 
Hung and Chi were at the back of the pack. And I and I wonder, had like Gary and D'Angelo been at the back of the pack, I wonder if we would have seen uh, the uh, certainly uh, it sounded like for the uh, Riley and Madison, the reason why they played their yield was, oh, Hung and Chi are in trouble. I got to buy Hung and Chi some more time here at the end of the race because I don't want Hung and Chi to get eliminated. So we're going to put the yield on to uh, Kalen and Haley here, where had it been maybe uh, Iswar Aparna or especially Gary and D'Angelo, that uh, it would not have been used on them if it was a different team uh, that was in fifth. Yeah, I think at some point you can plausibly, you almost maybe even want one of those teams to go out at that point because you can do that through no fault of your own, keep your hands clean. And I think if... I think it would have been the, both of those teams at the back of the pack. I think nobody uses the yield because, hey, if one of those teams goes out, then that's less pretending they have to do that there's not a second secret alliance within the, the first secret alliance. Mm-hmm. I also do wonder, again, it just was all a calamity once Kalen and Heli fell so far behind, Even not even with the taxis, even before him when they were the last to leave the sort of like tuk-tuk uh, CO2 emissions checkpoint. I wonder had they been in the hunt like, if they were in, like, third place when they got to the yield, would Will and James still have have yielded them, right? Like, would the Volley Bros have still yielded them, knowing that they were in the competition? Would that incentivize them further, or would it be like, well, we can't guarantee that they're so far in the back now, so so it's less so about, you know, forcing a guaranteed outcome, uh, or and we'll just sort of let things be? Yeah, I don't think that they would have. I, I think that they really, that, I think the teams were concerned about Hung and Chi, where I, I don't think necessarily that the Mine 5 was, uh, you know, gung-ho. Like, I think that probably people like, uh, you know, the uh, maybe the Iswar and Aparna or, you know, Gary and D'Angelo, but it seems like that this top three was more interested in going after people that were outside of that top three that were in the Mine 5. You heard Will and James a bunch of times talk about how the Mine 5 is dead. It just so happened that Kalen and Haley, the, the, they, there was no other play other than to eliminate them yeah i think if there's another it does get more interesting if there's another option but there was no other option at this point yeah right so i guess if anything this is more so like a a plus place setting if you will for i guess what's to come next week a little bit as we saw which i have to think next week uh th- next week if if somehow gary and d'angelo survive a w turn next week like uh th- it will be a miracle i i see uh, i feel like it's like 95 percent gary and d'angelo are going out next week and that's the tough thing about having you know this the strongest teams in an alliance together right you could be like well maybe they'll get out ahead and then they'll get to the u-turn board but considering that the honest the top three teams in terms of placement average are in an alliance together like it's a pretty good chance more than it's not that 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 some combination of those three teams will get to the board before they do yeah i will say i think we're at the point in the game where we spend you know when you're watching survivor and you have a dominant alliance like this you kind of sit through a lot of like you could fast forward through a lot of the season until you get to the point where everybody that's not in the alliance is gone like they've all been pagonged and now now the pagonging is over and now you get to see the really interesting part happen Mm -hmm. yeah but I don't know. This is kind of mitigated somewhat by the fact that we know there's a double secret alliance within the secret alliance. And it's kind of like, well, if that's the final three teams, that's going to be super duper boring. Yeah. Would it be more interesting if we found out that like one of the teams had multiple final threes, like uh, Hung and Chi mm. was also had like <laughs> a final three with uh, Gary and D'Angelo and Iswar and Aparna. Oh, of, of all people, Hung and Chi double dealing would be really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah. 
But no, it seems like there's a very clear three. And then there's also. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to start playing Moby and we're going to do like the genius pivot to <laughs> Hung and Chi making this deal like back in Paris. Or just that guy singing the Welcome to Hyderabad song from the pit stop as he's wailing away on his drum. That dude mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So should we talk about the actual leg itself? Yeah, let's get into because I will say I think maybe also one of the, the downsides of the mega leg slash double legs of your is that there aren't many opportunities for catch-up. Like, Haley Haley and Kaylin say in the beginning, like, one of the great things about the Mega Leg is that there are plenty of opportunities to catch-up. Spoiler alert, that doesn't happen. And I also feel like if you look at, like, how the placements were from the first hour to the second hour, it really was, like, a competition between the three guy-guy teams, Hung and Chi and Iswar and Aparna, and then Kaylee and Haley and Kaylin all the way in the back. So I think it's almost like the more you drag out a leg the more those placements get dragged out as well, and it becomes more difficult for, for teams to sort of mix and jump placements there. Yeah. Well, Mike, that was the entire problem with Amazing Race 24. Okay, it wasn't the entire problem, but it was like <laughs> a big problem, which was every time they stopped, they stayed in one place for two legs. So when you do that a lot, you don't have a chance for everybody to catch up in the middle because they're just going to let people go. Like, even if you have that pit stop in the middle, like everybody's just going in order, there's no equalizer at any point. And as much as we hate the constant equalizing, I think you have to at least give people a chance to catch up. And so even if you don't have an equalizer, you have like, back in the day, you had flights. Like if somebody got a really good flight, they could jump ahead. And we don't have that anymore either. Or they sign up for a time slot to leave the next day. Or even pick a time slot at random. We had that one time. That was pretty good. So, yeah, I think it's the opposite. I think you have the mega leg. You have zero chances to catch up. Whatever place you're in, you better hope that you can make up a huge amount of time somewhere. And that's the only way you're getting ahead. Or just hope that another team screws up so badly that they fall in. Like, I'm thinking of, like, in Season 7 when it was Meredith and Gretchen with the infamous elephant. I think similarly in India, like, so far behind. But Lynn and Alex just by like sheer luck fell so far behind that Meredith and Gretchen were able to sort of lap them at the end of the day. Yep. Or if you have a trouble distinguishing between a flag and a spear, for instance, Mm -hmm. everybody else could lap you. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about the cyber city. Uh, Just what what is the cyber city? Uh, Well, I think they're just, um, they're highlighting Hyderabad as this capital of uh, tech development, which, you know, India is known as a tech country. Sure. um, You know, for many reasons. But I think there's a lot of startups that are maybe not as known in the U.S. that are well known within India that are all like their capital like their headquarters are in Hyderabad. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the the sense I get is that it's kind of more of a like within India, you would probably it would be like their Silicon Valley. OK, so uh, we're going to head to the cyber city, which sounds very cool. And then we're going to start to work on pollution control. I was very confused about what the teams are doing here in pollution control, because it seemed like. They were hailing autos, not tuk tucks, mm-hmm. Riley and Madison. Or uh, they, 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 so you are hailing an auto to give it a smog test, but I don't really know what jurisdiction the Amazing Race contestants have to randomly flag vehicles and give them smog tests. Like, it's one thing, like, hey, I need a ride somewhere, but it seems like, hey, you need a smog test. 
Hey, excuse you, Rob. This is a decaled van parked on the side of the road. They have all the jurisdiction you could ever want to say. Hey, right? come but over was here. It, isn't this, Let me stick uh, something in your tailpipe. Of like, no, 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 no. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Park right here. Park right here. Okay, we're gonna give your your car a test right now. Well, the only thing I can think of is maybe you are allowed to ignore them sometimes, but you have to have a certain number of them within a time frame. And so this is like you gotta, you know, you gotta. It's like traffic school, but. 10 seconds long. So so do you think the certificate was real then? Or was it one of those like phony certificates? I would guess that I would be pretty pissed off if I was driving my auto and I see, oh, good, it's the smog test van. I got to get that done. I'm going to go get my vehicle inspected. And I go there and it's like, no, they're just filming it from some stupid American yeah. TV show. This is not a real certificate. You still got to go get that so, done. So, Jess, it actually works that uh, so it is a real certification, but they don't get it until the episode airs. Uh, it's like the prizes. <laughs> so they, oh, they had to yeah. wait so these, two these, years. These guys have been driving around for two <laughs> years with like smogged up uh, tuk-tuks and they had no regulation behind it. Autos, not tuk-tuks. Oh, I'm so sorry i'm sorry let me use the proper uh, vernacular there yeah i mean uh, the other thing though is i can imagine it is the the real mccoy though because the for all intents and purposes like the racers did not have to do anything except bring in the autos like they had to put the thing in the tailpipe but otherwise it's this guy in the van just going like boop 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 yes boop. yep you're all good here's your certificate yes but didn't they have to also log in i think i saw them using the computer yeah, I think they had to they had to like, I don't think these guys wanted any um, people near their computers at all. So I think they had to enter the license plate number, the vehicle yeah. ID, stick the thing in the tailpipe to do the test. And then the certificate got printed. <laughs> By the out. way, when, yeah. when they had to stick the thing in the tailpipe, is that where uh, Hung got the inspiration for this quote? Being a parent, kids are so disgusting and <laughs> can't even imagine what kind of disgustingness comes out of their little bodies. It's OK. OK, he says OK. So if like the patient needed a colonoscopy, I'd do it too. <laughs> yeah. The it's car colonoscopy. Yeah. She's not wrong. She is not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you had to get your uh, inspection from the teams. And so this was like a little bit of like a, a minor detail that I, it took me two times of uh, going. I had to go back and like, wait, what happened? But so there's a point just where Riley and Madison are trying to hail autos not tuk tucks and so riley gets one and madison gets one and d'angelo says no 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 no, you can't you're not allowed to get two at a time and this was i guess that d'angelo is making things up and making up rules riley and madison were highly offended that uh, uh. d'angelo tried this move yeah it's or was he consciously trying a move or was it just something that didn't occur to him to break the, you know, to kind of try to break the yeah, task? I couldn't well, I mean, figure well, out why I, they were I mean, mad. And then I had to watch it again. Yeah. We, you get done twice as fast. We listened to the most recent tar pits. I think D'Angelo Williams is not good about sharing, considering that when Gary uh, said that perhaps <laughs> I would help your wife should you move on, D'Angelo is not happy about that. So like, Is that hey, sharing? He, <laughs> who's, he, who's... Can't have, he can't have two wives. You can't have two autos. Yeah, yeah, well, but, you know, it's a it different thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a different thing if you hail if you hail one of the autos and then you don't need that auto to finish yeah. the task and you give it to someone else. That's a different thing, Mike. Yeah, but, that's closer to what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. By the here. way, Mike, if that's the criteria for not being good with sharing, uh, <laughs> put me down for not good with sharing. Also, I'm just I'm just saying Mormons are the best sharers by that logic. <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah. Oh dear! Wow, but yeah, this, but this was this was like a typical amazing race example, in my opinion. Like we saw this a lot with like 
Dave in season 24, and it certainly wasn't on that level of, but like the how dare you-ism of this one thing happened, let me blow this out of proportion and use it as yeah. a microcosm of the larger point that I have. It was just, it's, from our vantage point, I think it's a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably more than a little played up. I mean, we are trying to tell the story yeah. of the secret trio doesn't like Gary and D'Angelo and wants them gone after the people that they dislike even more. And so I think every moment of anything resembling friction between Gary and D'Angelo and any other team, we are going to see it and we're going to see it hard. We are going to see the crap out of it. And I think, yeah, it might have, he might have been annoyed in the moment, but I don't think it necessarily informed every step they took for the entire rest of the leg. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say that this, I think now... This felt more big brothery to me, yes. I think, than even like the hung and D'Angelo stuff last week of like, it really is sort of textbook modern big brother of like the, all right, here are the outsiders and we're going to ostracize them. And then once that happens, we're setting up for the next target and we're ostracizing them and talking about, well, you know, how bad they are in the amazing race. So now, now I really am starting to see it, which is another reason why, you know, the Mind Five is certainly most successful alliance in amazing race history but i i'm not particularly pleased by it as of late okay all right so after we're going through our pollution checkpoint we are going to our uh detour detour time okay uh and the question is uh uh mike do you have the names of the detour yes it is food app versus number trap <laughs> food app number or, trap or number trap just what was so appealing about number trap that uh so many of the teams uh decided to go there i think kaylin and haley were the only team to uh, opt in for food app to start yeah to start yeah, I think I think it was just like it said, play a video game. And how many times on the show have we seen people have to do a simulator of some sort? And you got you got the flight simulator. Yeah. Right. And then <laughs> season 29, I remember they had to play like a uh, knockoff street fighter against like an <laughs> yeah. esports champion. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. With one hand tied behind his back. Mm-hmm. And then there was one where, oh, yeah, there was, of course, the you know, they thought they were going to bungee jump and then it was a virtual bungee jump. Yeah. So I think everybody sees that and they're like, oh, okay, virtual bungee jump. I can do that. Yeah. And I, and I will also say, I think the unknown of number trap to Jess's point probably outweighs the known of food app, which is like very straightforward. You can look at the name and be like, okay, I know I'm going to be the delivery person. Uh, and so, and those also are also sort of hidden miss depending on how navigation is. So I can imagine how maybe the mystery of number trap uh maybe outweighs like the the given circumstances of food app even though you know one team eventually relents and decides to swap over <laughs> to food app yeah. after a while just for iswar and aparna it was like we got a coding task finally yeah they were so excited and it was it was hilarious up the top and they're like well we are software engineers so we're really hoping to find a coding task in the cyber city and you're just like oh come on like they're not going to give you a coding task i'm sorry like this is not a skill set that you need for the amazing race Mm -hmm. and then you know color me wrong it is was it though was it a coding task well it was an unscramble a code task which is different from a coding task it was more of a decoding task hmm Yeah, and I I will also say, uh, much like uh, uh, Kazakhstan with the apple tree, I am intrigued by Phil's concept that it's believed that India invented the number zero. Mm Hmm. I I feel like I've heard that before, but I don't know. It's a math history thing. Is like you made a big like mathematics made a big leap forward when somebody conceptualized zero. 
So I think that is an actual true thing. <sighs> yeah. But I felt like it was a bigger leap to even if India invented the number zero, then I thought it was a big leap to get to which makes coding possible. Without the number zero, we couldn't we couldn't. It, code. it, it is, though. I, I don't want to I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, Rob. But it is true because everything in code is built on binary. No, I understand and that, but binary like the it, presence it, or absence of something. But if the number zero didn't exist, we couldn't code with ones and twos. No, we couldn't. Well, could one become the new zero in that instance? I think we'd figure it out. I I, I want to. I'm going to go upstairs and get my husband with the math degree <laughs> to come down and explain this to you, and then everybody's going to shut off the podcast because you do not want to get Kip going about math. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'm just so intrigued by like other numbers existed for a while, and then one day somebody said like. We need a number for when there's not a number. Hmm. And then they came up with zero. Like, just, I'm, and I'm not meant to, like, judge anything. It's just the, the advent of these concepts are so legitimately intriguing to me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm reading the Wikipedia entry for zero now, so congratulations. You made my night less exciting. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, Mike, did you, did you enjoy the uh, visual, like, okay, you have to zap the zeros and the ones? Uh, we're we're, I mean, we're Neo sort of like in the a, Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, this is Mr. Miyagi's five hole, basically, right? This is the <laughs> ultimate, like, wax on, wax off, move your hands around. I mean, it was certainly a fun image. I like to see Gary the Gamer uh, really, like, be, yeah. in, be in his element. I also love, speaking of gaming, I love Riley and... Riley and Madison, well, he is literally a huge gamer. He's very tall. Uh, but I loved Riley and Madison doing the Hadouken method of putting their hands together. To yeah, that was awesome. Touch I believe they actually like outright said, do it like a Hadouken and just use it to easily <laughs> capture the numbers. Now, Jess, I really could not believe that Hung and Chi struggled so much with this. Uh, they have proven themselves to be one of the most capable teams in this entire race. But for whatever reason, that this was like became very physically taxing on Hung and Chi, where they could not continue due to uh, shoulder soreness and uh, many other issues, that I guess, that experienced video gamers must go through. Well, I think there's a lot of stuff that... If you haven't, if you haven't honed that skill set, even if you're very, very good at everything else, it's gonna, you know, they were too busy eating five pounds of pizza mm -hmm. to really perfect their video game skills. Well, not to mention, I think this is a case where Hung's height really was a disadvantage. Yeah. Because height means shorter arm length. And even though Chi seems like a fairly tall person, if Hung's trying to take care of stuff on her screen, she can't really reach up or to the side uh, as much as some of these other tall guys. She not have as much reach. Okay. All right. So for the second time this season, Jess, we're going to see Hung and Chi are going to switch detours. I believe they're the only team in this entire race mm -hmm. to have done it. Uh, but they're going back to the well. Yep. They're... I mean... To their credit, they they knew they weren't going to get it, and they knew that. I think they probably also knew they had a little bit of a cushion at this point. Mm -hmm, so, right. well, yeah, because I think they did like twelve or so tries before yeah. going. Yeah, and it's like you could you could sit there like Leo and Alana and keep pounding away at it until you burn up any kind of cushion you had, or you could say, "All right, we've tried this enough times to know that we're not getting any better at it." And I think Chi even says, "I'm not getting any better at this." Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. It's good at that point. They knew that there was another team behind them, so they could just cut their losses and go try the other thing. It just seems like to me like that the chance of getting the video game. I feel like that. Uh, like, or even let's take five minutes off rather than go and start a whole new task. I don't know. I mean, I think Hung and Chi have a surprising level of skill assessment for themselves to the point where, like, 
it's almost akin to the 90 seconds that hung gave chi last like mm-hmm. they're like okay we're gonna give this two more tries and then move on they're very good at like setting limits for themselves mm-hmm. almost deadlines mm-hmm. and then moving past it and yeah, it turns you out you only that- get 90 seconds to do they're the not thing. gonna tin yeah. cup this thing exactly and, and it turns out that you know had they taken the food app detour first there's a chance they might have actually finished in first on this mega leg overall, or at least gotten into the top three, because I think this is one of those things that like once they fell back, they, they couldn't catch up with those first three teams. Let's talk about Swiggy. I love Swiggy. Swiggy I for India. Yes. No, with yeah. that Hung and Chi that uh, can we call them Hung and Swiggy C? No, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'd love to not. see Chi out on the basketball court personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Swiggy yeah yeah i, I want to see chi trash talk people on the basketball court mm, yeah hung's trash talk uh that was a not so great shot uh in your face <laughs> yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've done better in the past this must be frustrating for you i can relate welcome to, welcome to my house yeah <laughs> eat, eat two pounds of pizza and my dust Boom shakalaka. <laughs> Nothing but net. Yeah. And boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> All right. Swiggy. Jess, the, could you tell me a little bit more about Swiggy? Because that I, I order a lot of uh, food on uh, apps um, that I, I, I don't know necessarily how it works. Uh, that, you know, like uh, I use a DoorDash or a Postmates. And so I put it in the order. And then I assume... That there is somebody that go they go and pick it up and they they bring it to my my house. Is there a person? There's a like a, an operator on the other side. Like, all right, go pick up the food. All right, go into go into Wendy's. Yes, yeah, okay. speaking of the Matrix. Yeah, make sure you get napkins. He's gonna need napkins. Okay, all right, get in the car. You know, honestly, yes. Um, they they don't really have to break it down this granularly, mm-hmm. but. A lot of these apps have someone like you can call the center and say, okay, here's my order. I'm having trouble finding this. Can you point me in the right direction? Or they just like they dispatch you to go somewhere and the dispatcher guy is like, okay, then you have to go up this way and here's your directions. Like that's pretty common. I think most of them, like they said, the phone has GPS. They don't really need that much handholding. But the thing that I was interested in and... Rob, you would have no way of knowing this. Mike, you might know this. This is a task that they ripped off from Amazing Race Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they, they did. Well, actually, it was the old friend of Big Brother Canada skipped the dishes. Uh, yes, yes. a task where they had to do three deliveries. Yeah, and one of our listeners actually worked for Skip the Dishes and helped yeah. me coordinate the Shout task. Out, so uh, I got to... King of the Mats, Matt Stewart. Yeah, yeah Matt yes. Schrader. That's right. So yeah, Matt and I talked about this when it happened on Amazing Race Canada, like how this whole task was set up. And I seems to me that the defining difference between Swiggy and the same apps in North America is that you don't necessarily have to give them an address. Like uh, you give a description of who you are, yes. and then they have to go find you. Well, like, interesting. You could- so it's so it's like a DoorDash meets uh, misconnections on <laughs> Craigslist, <laughs> right? Yes. Well, just I think this makes sense because it seems like based on what I've seen on the Amazing Race that a majority of the Swiggy customers are people who are exercising and are on the go, whether they're at the gym or perhaps on a run in the park ordering food. Yeah. I'm going to get my reps in and then I'm going to immediately sit down to a giant bowl of biryani. Yeah. Sure. Well, I think it's, and you know, he's dressed for the occasion, right? He's doing reps in his polo shirt, which is mm-hmm. always a questionable choice to make the gym. <laughs> I clock this guy immediately. This guy is definitely like, he's getting tipped off when they're coming. They're like, okay, get back in position, do some more lap pulls. 
and then he's just going to be sitting there doing it while they come in. So uh, the rest of the time, he's kicking back eating the food. Here's my question, Mike. Is this person an amazing race hired extra or does Swig- the people at Swiggy have some sort of a pull of like, hey, we want... We want people to be out there thinking that the Swiggy customer mm. is in shape, healthy, a lot of vitality. Like, we don't want to, like, wait, some like, couch so wait, potato. This, so this is sort of a thing of, like, only the highest clientele Yes, Swiggy. The best of the best. Yes, they're Swiggy influencers. Exactly. Like, only the greatest Adonises <laughs> look down upon the plebs that get other DoorDash deliveries. Only the, the one woman that hangs out in the men's hostel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I will say that, uh, this, as I recall from talking to Matt about the Skip the Dishes task, it was basically like they got people that worked for the company to be home at their houses so that they could deliver it. So are these you might impl- just Are you implying be- this man lives at the gym? I, I'm implying he works for Swiggy, and they sent him to go hang out at his gym so he could be part of the task. Yeah. Okay. Um, can we talk about uh, my favorite Swiggy employee also? The uh, guy running the task? Yeah. Or the guy that's exasperated? Yeah. I bet <laughs> Operator 143 yes, has had it that poor guy. with Kaylin and Haley. <laughs> He's so done. He's I over think it. He's so over. I think he's they're like it. they're like, hey, uh, you know, take some time off. Like you can do this task. Like great, I don't have to go into work for the day. And he's like, oh my god, what did I sign up for? They keep yelling the street name that they're not even on the right street. I, I I'm done with this. I need to go home to my gym and my food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I felt so seen by uh, operator one four three. I love you. Uh, that he uh, <laughs> he is me and and I am him. He is I. Yeah, I, I hear that. He is like the face of 2020. Is that guy? I, I, I say I like the I like the guy I like the guy running the task too because he was so excited when somebody rocked up to it. I think he was worried everybody was going to do the other task. It's like oh, the other task is video games. Oh, yeah. it's going to be a lot more fun. They're going to be inside. They don't have to run around in the heat. And then they show up. He's like, oh my god, you're here! All right, welcome mm. to the Swiggy task. Yeah. I, will, I I would say I also liked Hung and Cheese, but I, I couldn't really judge how Hung and Cheese uh, operator you know discern the task because hung was doing again a very great micromanaging thing of being like i am taking one step east (laughs) i am taking another step east am i going in the right direction now yeah um in fairness to kaylin haley who who had some struggles here that um my wife asked me to bring her her clothes uh, the other day for people uh that who are not regular uh rob is a podcast uh patron uh cast subscribers we're having some work done at my house that is an ongoing situation and there were workers and my wife and my wife was uh sleeping and i needed to go bring her her clothes to get dressed so that she could then uh go to the part of the house that the workers were in and i had to get like uh, nine trips of no i said get me a shirt that's in the second drawer that's the closest like okay wait uh, all right and i was just bringing like multiple items back like no wrong go back do it again so yeah what do we think happened with kaylin and Haley here because i think arguably this is the task that they struggled with the most was it just like a like were they not as communicative as hung was or was it just a matter of they walked down the wrong alley and got confused for a hot second i mean they've had a little bit of trouble with directions before i think maybe it's just Mm. they kind of went the wrong way and then tried to correct to go the try to correct to go back the right way and then they didn't go the way they were supposed to go i I think that's what it is and maybe there was like a little bit of a disconnect they said they were having trouble understanding the guy 
And he was having a lot of trouble understanding them clearly, like maybe on a spiritual level as well as an auditory level. But I was I was really surprised that they had to deliver to the same three people. That was the thing mm. that shocked me, because especially after all of the conversation we had about sauerkraut last week. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. It seems like you could have teamed up or Hung and Chi could have been like, yeah, it's the guy down there mm-hmm. if they wanted to help somebody. And yeah, that's actually very true. It could very yeah. easily be like, all right, us three, we're going to go together. And we're going to drop off at all these houses and everyone wait for everybody. Find your buddy and then we'll go on to the next one. Yeah. And the skip the dishes task, as I recall, allowed for that like they um they had that in mind and so you everybody got a different address that they had to find and i really think that if you're gonna have a task where you have to deliver things to people and i think in the past amazing race has done this you have to take everybody to a slightly different place that's a comparable distance yeah or maybe do them in a different order right like, mm-hmm. like if hung and she had to do one two three yeah and kaylin and Haley can do three two one so that there's there's less incentive to be like, oh, we'll go places together. No, you because needed you have these to go in a specific order. people, Mike. This is the perfect cross section of the Swiggy demo. Yeah, exactly. Like you must visit the gods and goddesses <laughs> yes. that live here in Hyderabad that only eat the finest of Swiggy. I got to talk about the the guy in the park for a second sure. because there was a moment where I felt really bad for him because he's doing his exercises in the park and they find him and like one time he's running, one time he's stretching. And there's a point where he picks up the bag and he looks into the camera and he gives it this big smile. And he's like, I'm about to be an Instagram influencer. And then the camera cuts away from him immediately. And I'm like, oh, you thought you got more of a moment than uh, you did. Mm-hmm. It's more awkward that uh, the people that have less teeth than this guy will you get more camera time, time than, than, the, uh, than the guy who is really trying to mug to the camera with his full yeah. smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, can we go back to the number trap uh, offices? Uh, just well, this was like, I guess, some sort of a tech company that do they have these sort like uh, these stations are part of like th- this is like some sort of like India based like Google where this is like a like they've made this activity for the employees to do on their downtime to play the zero in one game. Because they had like doubt nine stations for you, it. Even when, even when you're not coding, you must be thinking code. <laughs> right? I mean, this the Amazing Race did not set this up for this task. Like, they went someplace where they already had this set up. Mm, I think you can rent these. They look pretty portable. Hmm. And I think they might have had one or two, like, especially if they're the kind of... If they're the kind of company that that deals with that kind of motion sensing technology, which there are plenty of companies that do, they might have had one or two of them. But I think you could probably rent it a bunch. Yeah, and just mm. set it up. They need an office space that looks kind of techy, where you can have people sitting in a boardroom. And oh, this one's funny. They got a boardroom called the bunker. We'll do that. Yeah, fourth yeah, floor which was bunker. such a weird thing. It was definitely the the George T A R Martin fake out moment of the week of like. <laughs> My God, we're going to a bunker? What kind of place is this? Oh, it's the name of a conference room on the fourth floor. Sorry to interrupt your important meeting, tech execs. I need to grab my clue here. You know, all the conference rooms at BuzzFeed are named after internet cats. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, good to know. All right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know if there were any other. I forget what the other conference rooms in that location were named. So maybe there was theming there, too, unless they decided to call one the bunker and stop there. Yeah, they just have one conference room. They just call it the bunker. All right. Uh, the teams would head to the uh, roadblock uh, that would uh, combine the old and the new. Uh, Mike, oh, where where was this? So this was oh goodness, where was this? Sh- Shahid Tombs, yes, I believe it was. It was it was a mausoleum, uh, and I guess things got brought to life in more ways than one. As for this roadblock, you had to sort of go around this segmented area 
holding an iPad, looking through augmented reality to find uh, three different kings, former kings, wearing specific turbans. And then you had to go up above, find these men milling about like they are theater people finding the space as part of a mm-hmm. warm up and then bring them over to the proper column. That being said, Jess, as much as you spoke about, uh, you know, the whole sauerkraut not being fixed in the detour, I was so happy to hear at a certain point, like, oh, yeah, you know, you once a person is has been put in a location, they can't be used again. That's like, again, just like we talked about in Tar Pits, those are small changes you can make to tasks that just really disincentivize people from colluding. Because it's like, why are you helping somebody if you're not going to get any credit for it? Yeah. And you need a mix. I think you need you need a mix so that you can use your powers of discernment to decide if it's a good idea to work together with someone or not. And sometimes if your answers are going to be completely different and you have to kind of use different strategies, then don't work together. And then some pl- some places, if you have to do the task together and it's going to be quicker if you give each other the answer or if you at least arrive at it together, then I think I think you just can't have all sauerkraut and no turbans. <laughs> Yeah, never. I think think you could have all turbans and no sauerkraut, but it does not work the other way around. So I, the viewer who is uh, a dumb idiot, was was getting very confused here because to me, I thought we were doing like what we did at the uh, museum when we were in France, where we were Mm. trying to match up the person that we found on the iPad in uh, this uh, virtual uh, Pokemon Go game, uh, which we were doing. (laughs) So we found we we found our, uh, you know, our 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 Pokemonster. We found our guy. And then we went up there and I'm like, well, well, this guy has a mustache. I mean, what are they what are they doing here? I did not uh, realize see, Rob, it's all it's we, a, we the were, eyes are up here. It's yeah, all about what's on the head. We were only <laughs> matching turbans. I thought we had to match we had to match the guy also. Well, Rob, it wasn't the same guys in the painting in the museum either. Like, but I they looked was... like them. They had the same facial hair. Not real. Well, sometimes, not always. Like there was one guy's hair was a completely different color, and he was skinny, and the guy in the picture was fat. I I think but, that I I think it's all about like what they're wearing. It's got nothing to do with like what their face looks like, mm. and I think that's just kind of a red herring. But I honestly, I thought this was basically functionally identical to the museum task, and I was like, oh, another one of these, mm-hmm. right? But there, but there was an additional wrinkle in the placement of everything, yeah. which got like James in an entire tizzy because that's again, this is this is why. We have fun when teams are are not necessarily inclined or cannot share anything. I think Umberto actually sent out a, a great tweet to us about like how, you know, per our discussion in the tar pits, it's less so that, you know, the, the Mind 5 alliance has led to a different outcome and more so that it can lead to uh, some boringness in people just sharing answers and you don't get the fun in people struggling through tasks. We got that here. Uh, from a lot of people between James, between Iswar, just like really struggling to figure it out. And mm-hmm. it mainly came down to like orienting yourselves on the columns versus, I guess, comparing yourselves to the landmark outside because everything was like shifted one to the right or to the left than what it actually was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did that come through to the viewer, Jess? It was a little convoluted. I think it was, I think they should have had like, and, I, you know, they've done this with other tasks. They should have had a diagram where mm-hmm, they show yeah. the ones up top and then the ones below and they're like, they match up like this. And I think, honestly, if if you know they're a little bit swapped like that, I think the best thing for you to do is to focus only on the ones on the end. Like, yeah. just go to the first one and then work at that first one until you've got him and then work the next one so that you know 
exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued why, I'm, and I'm sure this was a strategy that we didn't see, of just stand at one end and, like, slowly work your way down. Because mm-hmm. I think the problem for a while was just, like, not being able to see where these guys were yeah. at. And so I can imagine it'd be easy to just start at the end, find the first guy you see, put him there, and, and if it's, like, the wrong location, then really shuffle him around, and that's going to be your end point, no matter yeah. what. And honestly, if you've never done an augmented reality thing before, it is hard to get the hang of it. And especially, like, I think the time that I've done it, they have little spots on the floor and they're like, stand on the floor here and put your device up at your chest level and then look at the device. And it takes a little bit of doing. And if there's not a point on the floor where you know you're supposed to be, I think it takes a long time to figure out exactly how it works. Okay. And by that time, you might be in the middle of the thing and you don't know where they, you know, you don't, you don't know where it starts. Yeah, not a lot of drama here. Ultimately, uh, it was ultimately that James was uh, having some trouble. He ends up getting uh, straightened out. And we have our end of episode one break here, I believe, as uh, Hung and Chi get through. Uh, Iswar and Aparna are uh, still left. Uh, we still have the sisters still have to get through it. But that's uh, the end of act number one. Intermission, Mike. Right. This is the act one finale where it sort of is like a one day more or one leg more as style <laughs> of, you know, here's Iswar and Aparna searching out the radar. Here are the blondes waiting out their first yield time of two. Mm-hmm. The reprise is soon to come. So it was interesting, especially like the to be continued even on the screen uh, to really just hammer in like, hey, guys, remember this. Is, we, we weren't going to end this in an hour. Yeah. This is going to be a full two hour shebang. Jesse, uh, do you want to say anything about the first yield of uh, Kaylin and Haley? Anything to say? Well, there was one thing that I noticed this time, and maybe everybody noticed it the first time we saw a yield being deployed, but this was the first time I noticed it, that you do have to take credit for your mm-hmm. yield because there's a sticker on the top of your yield thingy that's got your picture on it. And I had not seen that the first time that they used one. I also loved, because I think we had a question as well with the first yield thing of like, where are they going to put it? There's a handy dandy little magnet mm-hmm. below the box. I don't know if you saw that. I know mm-hmm. Riley and Madison stuck their hourglass to. Yeah. And that's where you have to put it when you flip it over to make it work. Yeah. Magnets, bitch. Still a lot to recap on hour two of the mega leg. But let's bring in the first lady of podcasting to help us talk about our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at Echelon Fitness. And Nicole, hey, if you want to get mega legs... Maybe you should check out what's going on over at Echelon. I'm not even going to ask what that means. Yes. But <laughs> yes. I, you will probably get sexy legs off of Echelon Fitness. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me more. What do I have to do? Well, when it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself yes. with those mega legs. Yes. Very important on running the amazing <laughs> race or in real life. Or just running. Yes. Yeah. So let me introduce to you the Echelon Fit. It is the evolution of fitness. And if you want to get those mega legs, sexy legs, whatever, Echelon can get you there. Yes. Yeah. And Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and my favorite, the new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. So no matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. They really hit everything. They Mm -hmm. have everything. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily and live-on-demand studio-level classes, and they're always available when you need them. 
Okay. So you can't be lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sounds good. Mm-hmm. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, which is very true. Yes. They have very, very good prices. And one membership lets up to five family members. Mine all- five? Mm, okay. <laughs> and lets up to five. I think the mine five is actually ten, but yeah. I Can I finish? Saying. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> trying to keep it fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. And right now, if you want to be Santa's favorite elf, you can try Echelon F- Fitness at home for 30 days. Okay. 30 days. Mm-hmm. Christmas is coming. You want to be on the good list. Get an Echelon Fit. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. Always appreciate uh, everything you have to say. Mm-hmm. Check out... What's that address one more time? Go to echelonfit.com slash R-H-A-P. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash R-H-A-P. All right, Nicole, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But we got to get back to the second hour of The Mega Leg. All right. Let's talk about our second hour of The Amazing Race. And uh, I was pumped to see this, Jess. This or that is back. <laughs> That's my favorite Phil gif of all time. Mm, yeah. You can get with this or you can get with that. I feel like that they did not really make a meal out of this or that this time. Yeah, I don't know. If the, do you think it's like there's psychology in it of the vast majority of them chose this over that. Like, is there something where if you say, oh, this or that, everyone's going to choose this for some reason? They're more inclined um, to do so. There, I mean, there were six teams, and I think the three chose uh, this and three chose that, right? Yeah, I noticed something about... Uh, it just about, so happened uh, that the first three teams all chose this. And, yeah, and, yeah that, um, that's what it more so was. That like three teams in a row said this, this, this. And I'm like, this is a weird pattern. And mm-hmm. this is something I wish that I had been around to ask Kaylin and Kaylin about. And I might even just tweet them because I'm curious about their detour selections. The first, like both times that they've done a detour, they have chosen the one that everybody else is not at. Like they go there, like they honed in on that. Mm-hmm. And they they did the food delivery task even if the number trap sounded a little bit cooler. And I wonder if that's because they're trying to make up time. Like maybe the one that everybody went to is a little bit harder, even though it sounds more fun and they might be able to do something that's like a little bit, you know, that they'll get through more quickly, even though it's not quite as cool. Mm. Yeah. Though, to be fair with this and that, I believe it was that they were just given the op- the clue yeah. said this or that. And I know it when did. they got to that location, could they yeah. rip it open and be like, oh, I have to put what in someone's mouth? They did, mm-hmm. but I think your first impulse would always be to go to this because it's the first one. And I think they were trying to zag when everybody else was zigging. Zig or zag. Yeah. Yeah. That might be the next one. I'm D'Angelo and Gary would love that one. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you think that there's any particular reason why this or that comes up? Is it just yeah, like, ah, we, we don't have the wordplay here. This or I, that. I, yeah, I honestly think this might have been it, right? Like, I don't know what it would be like. Uh... I don't know, like bangle or braces. Tr- yeah, bangle or braces or something like. Uh, I'm not sure. Like uh, ornamental bride. or dental. <laughs> All right, you know what? Actually, I think that could really work. <laughs> yeah, the bride or open wide. Yeah. Ooh, see, <laughs> Ooh. this is like the, Rob. This is why they need you in the room is because yeah, I don't really see like this or that when they did it back in season twenty five. It did really feel like a deception, and it also was more of like a signpost, right? From what I remember, where it was just going down different alleyways. This seemed like two very separate locations, so I can't honestly think of a reason to use it unless it was just like 
Yeah, we'll throw it. Well, listen, we already hey, did one detour. Look, I don't know what the second one. It's a mega leg. We had to come up with a lot. We're not paying the writers overtime. I, I love, I love that. I want it to be a twist. I want it to be like up there in the Pantheon with the U-turn and the roadblock and the detour. I want it to just be like, oh, it's a this or that detour. That's a twist. And we know about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like how they said self-driving leg. I want them to say, oh, it's a this or that. Mm-hmm. I want people to be excited about this because I love this or that. Yeah. Find a bangle or teeth that dangle. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, we start, we spend a lot of time with the bride. Just the bride has a bunch of bracelets. You got to match the bangles to the, uh, to the bride's wrist. Yeah. I, I thought this was fun. This looked like it was, this looked like it would be entertaining to do. I like shiny things and Uh, I, I like the little detail tasks. I think, I think this one would have been way more fun than putting your hands in someone's mouth for sure. Although I bet it took longer. Mm. I'm just sad that uh, the Bengals task was not when they were in Egypt and had to walk like one. Oh, good one. Or Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have happened on a Monday. Hmm. <laughs> manic Monday. Yeah, yeah. very manic. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, I'm thinking about uh, Jerry and Frank who watched The Amazing Race on Tuesday. What day that would be. <laughs> um, so <laughs> just another manic Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we got uh, Hung and Chi. They they ended up going with that, and uh, Hung. There was a good reason. She was excited for this. Patience teeth for a set of dentures. Let's do that. That's gross, and then nobody's gonna do that. It's probably oh, getting okay. faster. Yeah, Jess, is that part of the jail rules? If a challenge is gross, uh, you should pick it because then it'll go by faster. Oh, I think that is certainly something that amazing race would do to you mm. i think that's kind of diabolical and they want the thing they want they want both detours to happen like they don't want to have set up a detour that nobody goes to so there's gonna be I, and phil used to do it like i've been watching a lot of old amazing race on pluto tv recently just because they have a pluto channel tv kinda, channel all amazing race all mm-hmm. survivor check them out I, I'm telling you, it is like the best thing to have on in the background while you're doing something else, uh, because I've seen it all. I've and I don't need to pay attention to it, but it's just comforting. It's like your old friends are there. Yeah, and, and it's free. Yeah, my old friend, much younger Phil, used to talk about the detours. He had boilerplate for it every single time. And he doesn't really do that anymore. He assumes you know what a detour is, but he's very explicit about what the pros and cons of each task are, mm-hmm. and even if it's not something he tells the racers, but he tells you. Now, people who do this task are, might finish faster if they have a sharp eye, but people who just like buckle down and do the gross thing will definitely finish faster. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, even, or even as like a grosser, more fear factory version of the old uh, trademark of like, hey, jump off this thing or walk all the way down of like, hey, you can do the scarier or, you know, road less traveled yeah. by, but that is going to be the shorter one. And so that's going to encourage people to do it, which makes for great TV. Yeah. And Linda Holmes used to call those ones the um, the chicken. It was like the fearless or chicken task. And then the ones where you have to do a gross thing versus a thing that's fun, the salad or dessert ones. She had like a whole taxonomy of detour options. Yeah. Would the fitting people for dentures end up being the faster task? I feel like that that would take a long time. No? Well, it was. I think, you know, this was our first, the, the bangles were our first needle in a haystack 
yeah. task of the season, which I'm happy about. I feel like Amazing Race, especially in those old seasons that Jess was talking about, was much more into the needle in the haystack. I'm thinking specifically of the uh, literal the, haystack. Yeah, the literal haystack or even like season. Uh, I feel like season eight, there was like the red uh, bean oh, within like, yeah. the whole pile of beans that got one family out. So like they were much more punishing with that before. So I'm very happy they've, they've really held off on that until now. So it could just be a thing of like, yeah, you could get lucky and get through this quickly. Or you can, it takes a little bit longer, but you're guaranteed to finish within a certain frame of time. Okay. Just, we talked about on the tar pit uh, this past week about wanting uh, eating challenges to come back. And I said, well, I feel like that I, I like them because it's just like a visceral experience that grosses me out. And I feel like that that stays with me and I remember it. Uh, this was that for me. Uh, ironically, that was this. Yeah, I was saying this was this and that was this. Yeah, that was this. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. That this does that. kind of. <laughs> I I would say that kind of scratches the visceral itch. Um, although the thing I didn't like about that was the fact that they kept uh, like there was a real possibility you could cause somebody actual discomfort. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of times where the people they were putting the dentures in, they were in actual pain. Yeah. And I felt really bad about okay. that. I think that's weird. Let's talk about this because we talked about uh, who are these people that talk are about getting that, Rob. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, <laughs> who are these people that are getting swiggy delivery? OK, uh, who are these people that are getting their <laughs> their dentistry done? Not, not by dentists, but by <sighs> American game show contestants uh, are. are I, I, I really hope that they had like a fake set of teeth over their real teeth for this for this sake of like yeah I don't want my possible teeth to get pulled out. Were these by... employees? Are these ho- are these homeless people that are the getting getting the work done for free, babe? Because it's amazing race contestants. I mean, well, I tell you what, they're not chomping down on any swiggy anytime soon. Mm. No siree. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like now is the natural time to point out that Phil points out that, that when you go into these dental clinics, you can get a whole set of false teeth for $3 US. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, because India's got national health care. Mm, yeah. Was anyone I thought else, it was a good deal. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, it's a good deal. What can you get on Swiggy for $3? I don't know. Probably like a breadstick or something. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Stuff no costs... I don't know what the exchange rate is right now or how much it costs to get a meal in India, but you could probably at least get a good side of naan. Was anyone else disquieted by Phil's repetitive use of the word chompers? <laughs> For some reason, that really got to me that he kept saying, like, in the detour, like, these parent chompers will go right in your mouth. I'm like, oh, that, this feels very odd. Like, I don't know I, if this is a rattle my dags type of thing. <laughs> no, I'm immune to the word chompers right now because chompers is the name of my favorite podcast at the moment. What's uh, it about? False teeth? No, Chompers is well. It's about not having false teeth eventually, because Chompers is a podcast that you play for your kids while you're brushing their teeth, so that you know like how long to brush on each side and when to switch. And they they tell you they tell a story or they tell jokes, and then they're like, "Okay, move to the other side, now oh. move to the bottom, and don't forget, don't Boy. brush too hard." Yeah. Rob, and, you should get in on this. Well, all my this quip is great. does is just like buzz a little bit. It doesn't. Yeah, really, I don't get a story. No, no, you, you need one that tells a story. Yeah, I gotta, so I I gotta play the podcast tell the people and... over at Quip, like, stop advertising on podcasts. The Quip should play a podcast. Yeah, I mean, they should be, I, I don't know, they advertise on podcasts all the time. They should just make the deal with Chompers and, like, be their official partner and play yeah. the podcast out of the toothbrush. I mean, just partner with a bunch of podcasts. Like, who else, like, who doesn't want Mark Marin in your mouth, right? Like, playing every 30 seconds, you, like, I don't. change over. Yeah. 
Hard pass. Thank you. Hard pass. No. But yeah, for some reason. indeed. I want my toothbrush to play the serial music. Yeah. That'd be good. Play two minutes of that. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, All right, I, mean, I want Sarah Koenig to be like, time to switch sides. And then just you know, as, as during the music, that's when you make your swap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so the teams, again, uh, that. I was getting like sense memory of having like all these impressions for a guy who Mm. I I like impressions uh, that are uh, not these impressions. Yeah, I just actually uh, did a sort of like mail in uh, fitting for a night guard the other day. And it was very much a thing Mm -hmm. where like I had I had to press it into my teeth for five minutes. And I was like, I cannot imagine someone barging into my house and being like, I'm going to do this for you right now. Come on, let's go, go, go with like a camera shining in my face. Like I, I my heart goes out to these poor people or even like the people that they had to like wrench the dentures into is the final part of the mm. task like it just seemed incredibly awkward and it didn't help that a lot of these people especially at permanent East, were like ew this is gross oh this is imagine someone standing six <laughs> inches away from you and being like god this is disgusting oh your yeah. mouth is horrible mm. i hate your mouth so much yeah yeah i mean i've I've heard it before, but uh, so we don't need to talk but about not six my, inches from yeah, your face. Yeah, we've heard it all, and it wasn't on TV, Rob. Yeah. That's the that's the key on TV. All right, so uh, but yeah, I guess for for Hung and Chi, uh, competitive eaters, uh, they've seen everything gross before. This did not this does not bother them at all. Yeah, they're essentially like I don't know if they've raised like literal garbage pail kids. Uh, of just like pure eons of disgustingness, yeah. but they seem very unfazed about everything that the race throws them, including this type of. Text. Yeah, I played this clip before, but I, I want to talk about it after we hear Being it again. Parent, kids are so disgusting, and can't even imagine what kind of disgustingness comes out of their little bodies. It's okay. Okay, he says okay. So if like the patient needed a colonoscopy, I'd do it too. <laughs> Uh, Jess, any chance that we see uh, the amazing race contestants perform a colonoscopy? God, I hope not. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. Oh, oh. So you draw the line at colonoscopy, huh? Hey, very, like, very important. It's very important for those of us pushing fifty. Yeah, and that's like two thirds of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and that's how you can get uh, Dave to come back, a la Ernie and Cindy. Right? They like walked in. Teddy's like, please, I'm so old. Give me the colonoscopy. <laughs> I would. I would definitely. Uh, if if the task was receive a colonoscopy, that could be entertaining. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> but, would, but would they disguise it of like get like a typical traditional ceremony it's like great what is yeah. it a colonoscopy well you, I'm, I'm i'm waiting for that to be like a colonic irrigation would be one of the tasks yeah like, like an enema i think that's yeah, more like, of a tough as nails yeah it's like get, <laughs> the task is like get punched in the face or receive a relaxing spa treatment and if you choose get punched in the face you get to like sit on the veranda drinking punch and then <laughs> relaxing spa tra- treatment is the colonic this is when anderson cooper takes over as ep that feels <laughs> oh lord that feels very mole-esque of like well actually when i was referring to this i actually meant this <laughs> or that true. it's very mole patrol yeah when i was when i said this i was really meant that <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so the teams would then have to head to uh, the roadblock at the, the palace. Uh, and Jess, you alluded to this at the top of the podcast. Uh, what a beautiful palace. This was amazing. Like, I I am used to seeing some really incredible things every time the race goes to India. But this was just like on every level. It was gorgeous and relaxing. And some of it I didn't understand. But some of it, you know, most of it was just nice to look at. Like what I, I thought about. Um, Haley and Kaylin getting yielded there. 
it was I could see why they just kind of stood on the, mm-hmm. you know, at the railing and looked out and said, isn't this a great place to be yeah. and a great day to be here? Yeah, I think uh, hopefully lots of rose petals dropping on them during that 20 <laughs> minutes. I think they missed a moment, though, because they got to hang out with the socializer in the carriage where they made small talk. Yeah. Why not now to say, oh, I let me pull out the swiggy order I put in beforehand as the yeah. upper crust. Of course, I eat only the finest of swiggy. <laughs> Well, those people were not paid Swiggy endorsers. They were just socialites. Yeah, yeah. I do, but I do love that they were, like, not silent. They are like, actually trying to be like, oh, so how's it going? Yeah. How's your tape been so far? Yeah, just the carriage ride with the socialites was, was very weird. I don't understand, like, it was not like the Amazing Race contestants were, like, bellhops or anything. It was just like, no, take a ride with these people. Share an Uber to go <laughs> yeah. to the castle. I have a few theories. Yes. Okay. One theory is they felt like they needed to connect with locals and have a chance to like actually get to know people that live in the area. And they thought it would be in poor taste to have them try to do that. Even though my dentist does it to me all the time when mm-hmm. they got their hand in your mouth, like, hey, how's it going? Like, how's your kid? How's how's work? Yeah. And then they ask uh, the questions and they're like, like, well, how am I supposed to answer them? Yeah, exactly. So maybe they thought, well, we don't want people to do that. So we'll give them a chance like, to hang a out keyboard with or something. And I could try to answer <laughs> yeah, you. Right. But stop asking give me questions. the ones and zeros so you can de- decipher a there code. You go. Like, eh, 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 eh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the more likely thing is that in order to get access to the grounds of this palace to film the segment, uh, there were some favors that had to be called into the board. Oh, the royal family like, had to be on TV. Not even the royal family, just like Their the friends. rich D-bags. They're like, yeah, my, my nephew's a big fan of the show. He wants to be on it. So can he just dress up like a socialite and ride in a carriage with the racers? And they're like, well, our hands are tied. We really want to shoot here. So I guess we better. Boy, I don't yeah. know that the Miz Race needs to do that kind of glad handing. To, Look. Like, yeah. I've spent a lot of years working in nonprofits, Rob. You got a glad hand. Mm. And it's it's just a part of the deal. Yeah. So I know that uh, it's going to be a little bit before Hung and Chi uh, show up, but since we're talking about the rides with the socialites, I thought that this was uh, the most interesting conversation that ends up being had by the socialites with the Amazing Race contestants. Here's Hung and Chi uh, on their carriage ride. I love your sari. It's beautiful. That's exactly what I told her when she got ready. Uh-huh. Yeah. How I, I wish I was for- a female. I would have worn it. Hey, nothing stopping gender- you, sir. Yeah. yeah don't I, let gender I w- stereotyping get in the way of your dreams. Right? I am all for letting this dude's freak flag fly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, if you want to dress up in a sari, stuff your saris in a sack. Uh, yes. and put them on like this this is this is what you can do i i love this guy mm-hmm. and incidentally if i was gonna pick a, like from a group of socialites like pick people to ride in a carriage with i'm definitely picking the dude in the awesome sorry i'm so, yeah i'm <laughs> yeah. sorry that's what i'm sorry doing. sir that we would like to see you in, in that yeah. in that sorry if you like it so much yeah if only hung and she had packed more stuff that can be like here's a here's a scarf that we have please you can use it as a sorry to act out you know your dreams that you're not able to do in the moment. Why not? Okay. All right. So uh, l- let's go ahead and uh, talk about uh, setting the the table at the palace. Uh, I mean, uh, just how often are they uh, entertaining here on this uh, 108 uh, person table? I'm pretty sure they throw fundraisers there all the time. Yeah. 
Could it be a thing like at a restaurant where if there's like an eight top, you can pull it apart into two, four tops? Could that mm, be a thing yeah. of like, pull oh, apart, well, uh... we, don't, we don't have like a, a full party for the 108 table. Let's break it into like three 30 something yeah. tables and host different right. parties there. Mike if, Bloom does math. Yeah. If we do uh, know-it-alls in uh, <laughs> know-it-alls India in uh, Hyderabad. Know-it-alls Hyderabad. Yeah. I think we'll do, me and Steven will sit on top of the table and then uh, sort of like a theater in the round. What do you think about that? Yeah, or like those uh like those blackjack tables in Las Vegas where sometimes they get like the dancing girl to dance on top of the table for a <laughs> yeah. round. Okay. Sure. Um the first time ever that uh Steven and I have are compared to uh dancing Vegas showgirls, but uh, we'll oh, take really? it. surprises me. Uh, yeah, it surprises me. I thought Steven Fishback would get at least a few. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so, all right. Uh, table setting. A- anything uh, strike your interest here, Mike? So I guess the, the one big takeaway from this was the winnowing of the alliance. Specifically, now it's time to block out Gary Barnage, where uh, James and Riley, I think it is. I did find it interesting that with all the guy-guy teams, with Gary and D'Angelo, Will and James, and Riley and Madison, that they had the same person do both roadblocks. I wonder if that was advantageous, actually, to have like the same person do both rocks. Because it's all in the course of a day, so it's like let's let's keep going with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is where James and Riley make conscious decisions here to basically fill each other in on everything that they pick up, particularly the stuff that Riley is getting wrong, and then like lying outright to Gary's face of like, yeah, I don't know what's happening. Clearly, we're doing something wrong, but I'm not sure what. But just this was like all set up because I'm like, oh, literally, I wonder if if Gary and D'Angelo are going to get eliminated here because they're making such a meal here at the table over the this place setting. And then Gary, like, kind of got through it. uh, Not big of a problem. I I thought that maybe once they were it was like, oh, has to be a finger away. I'm like, oh, Gary's finger is too is too big. (laughs) He, his yeah, finger is like two fingers. Finger. Gary should be doing a pinky. Yeah, his finger's like a fist. Yes. Um, honestly, Rob, you fell for it. That's what they were trying to like. That's how they get, they get you, me. Man. Well, that's why you got you guys are the experts. Yeah, they were trying to make you think that Gary was in trouble because that was how they were trying to inject suspense into this otherwise bloodless leg. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like, oh, well, what if Gary's there for so long that Kaylin and Haley show up? And mm-hmm. what if they pass him and then D'Angelo and Gary are eliminated in the most shocking elimination ever? P.S. That would have been better than what we got. I, yeah. Not that I have any problem with D'Angelo and Gary, um, but I, I think they were trying to make us think that might happen and that keeps our interest. Yeah, yeah I think, and I think that I also think it's, it's again, a little bit of, like, a nothing burger to actually do this, because not for nothing, like, you could eventually see the meter stick. You could eventually, like, the guy will come up to you and be like, oh, the the length from the table. The guy was very specific, or he wasn't very specific, but, like, he was outright, he was going through, putting a finger at the edge of the table. You'd imagine that Gary would see that at least one time and be like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm supposed to do that. Like, these weren't big national secrets that these two were withholding. So to Jess's point, like it's another thing where I feel like it really was not a deal, big deal whatsoever. 
in the moment. It was just built up to make this moment and potentially looking forward of, okay, now the next step is to get rid of Gary and D'Angelo. And we yada yada past uh, Riley and Madison would yield uh, Kaylin and Haley for the second time in uh, the mega leg, which was kind of a nail in the coffin uh, for them. But, you know, we got to like Gary and D'Angelo. We were talking about like uh, D'Angelo says, look, the girls are like cockroaches. You can never get it. I'm like, oh, this is uh, they're going to come back and they're going to pass Gary and D'Angelo. But uh, I was just like, I was like, it seems impossible, but I don't know. I feel like they were really getting set up for something. Yep. No, I fell for it. They got me yeah. again. No, That's I mean, it, it's, you, Rob. It, it, was, it was them really trying to make like not even a mountain out of a molehill, a mountain out of a flat patch of ground. And you really can't pile up much dirt. So they were trying to do something. But I mean, it really is just really brought this up so great over the course of the Amazing Race podcast. Like the kiss of death is when you are never shown in the same frame yeah. as any other teams. And yep. ever since the autos in like minute five of the first episode, we never saw Kalen and Haley in frame with any of the other teams, which is pretty much confirmation that they were pretty screwed from the get go here in Hyderabad. Yeah. Just, it seemed like that uh, really the key to this challenge was uh, picking easy napkin folds. Uh, and it seemed like they, I felt like Gary picked a very, uh, very difficult, difficult one. Yeah, that fan is hard to get it to stand up. And honestly, I tried a bunch of these. Like my, my parents are big cloth napkin people. In fact, I've always got, I've always got cloth napkins like kicking around my oh, desk because I bring them downstairs. Yeah. And so I was trying some of them. That one where you roll it up and like have it just kind of, balance like a swoosh. Yeah, like, like the tadpole. That's the one to pick. That one is easy. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So you're, looking, fan, so you're like, looking for like minimal folds and like a little swirly do. Not anything that requires a lot of yeah. like manipulation. I, I also like, I think my favorite was uh, almost the complete opposite of the Swiggy representative. There was an exchange where I think uh, maybe James went up to the person like, oh, you're going to show me how to do this napkin? And the guy went, yes, why not? Like, he's like, well, what else do I have to do today? I'll yeah. show you how to make a fan. Yes. And that's why I'm here. Yeah, usually I have to make 108 of these by myself. Happy that you guys are here today. Okay. All right. Um, anything else uh, about the, the Mega Leg? Ultimately, Kaylin and Haley, uh, they're the last team to arrive. The Mine 5 uh, ganged up. I Actually, I feel like Phil at the mat uh, oh, really yeah. was uh, very... Uh, he did not like the uh, Mine 5. Well, I think failed to the mind five was sort of Julie Chen Mumbas with the committee in the first half of Big Brother 22 of like, you won't believe what happened, who did it. And I guess good on Phil for, I guess, really being restrained about that. But yeah, I think I don't know. I, I don't want to want to read the expressions on Phil's face, but I could tell that I, I do not think he he was particularly pleased by this like new innovative bit of strategy, even though I mean, again, the results speak for themselves, like it or hate it. These five teams are going to be the top five teams of Amazing Race yes. 32. But Jess, um, we saw that with uh, on the mat that Will and James, they are not gung-ho about the Mine 5. Yeah, well, the Mine 5 is dead. We heard him say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also, so, I also liked uh, Iswar and Aparna and Hung and She at the mat together, and they're like, uh, Phil's like, oh, so what comes next? And Iswar and Aparna's like, I don't know. Like, you know, it, it, we, we only said we get to five, and Hung and She are like, yeah. Uh, well, we don't have any strategy moving forward whatsoever. And I'm sure Hung was like biting her lip to not give away the information to them. Hung is the worst liar ever. <laughs> like her kids, her kids found out about Santa Claus at like age three. <laughs> like, yeah, do you believe in him? 
Well, in fairness, they have disgusting uh, things coming out of their bodies. So uh, yeah, but... that's not disgusting at all. <laughs> oh, I'll clean that up happily. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, um, and I felt bad that Gary and D'Angelo like, yeah, mine five, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We knew we, right. we do what yeah. we have to do. We're the mind See, five. And again, it's so weird that again this narrative is being pushed forward of like, my God, Gear and D'Angelo are all take, 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 ungrateful bastards, and these guys are like, we love our alliance. They're a great group of people. <laughs> yeah, they're team like, players. Weird, they're team it's players. It's a weird incongruity. Hmm. Yeah, I want to. I want to point out a couple of things that people said over and over. Um, one of which was annoying, and one of which was puzzling. Ooh. So, um, do we have to guess which is which? One, no, oh. I will tell you. The annoying one was the Volley Bros referred to this leg at least five times as gnarly. Gnarly, yes. I had notes of it as well that, like, really, the I think it, we had a big bump in Riley and Madison this week, Set and Spike, and uh, that they came in first and, like, pretty much cruised through the leg. I did worry that they had the, the first quote early on of, like, them being like, yeah, you know, beach volleyball usually playing all day, so I think, like, this leg is made for us. That's usually the kiss of death of, like, oh, man, they're going to get whammoed completely. But I think because of the bump, we got to see that that maybe their vocabulary is not necessarily as uh, deepened as other teams. Considering that, yeah, there was a lot of gnarly. There was a lot of I don't know that gnarly was the one that I picked out a lot as well. Yep i I was just like it just kept sticking out because they just kept doing it. Mm -hmm. It was I was like, oh, did I accidentally hit the button where it like bumps you back thirty minutes? Um, (laughs) No. Uh, So the other thing was. The phrase "the blonde bandits" came up yes. several different times, and is this because they have, you know, they have stolen, stolen America's hearts, <laughs> and they're <laughs> not giving them back? Yeah, have, have they kind of like? Is it because they've stolen extra time on the race by slipping past mm. in several legs when they should have been eliminated? I don't know, but it seemed curious because I don't think. Like, it's not one of those weasel woo situations mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, there's a story behind it. It just sort of cropped up. Yeah, and I wonder who came up with the term. Like, whether they come up with it or, like, for some reason, like, oh, the blonde bandits strike again. Maybe it's that thing of, like, oh, we think you got you, but you escaped our grasp again. Yeah. And they're they're more so, like, eluding, uh, you know, the, the dangers that are coming to them. Yeah. Um, could it have been that they uh, stole the spot of uh, Michelle and Victoria? I mean, that it is be. it is interesting sort of looking at the slangers, because now I think we can look at it through the prism of, okay, now we're down to the mine five. I mean, do we think that like a Leo and Alana, I know this is a lot of prognosticating, but do we think like a Leo and Alana or a Michelle and Victoria could have possibly cracked this group considering like the legs in Kazakhstan and India in particular? I mean, it just really comes down to, like, would they have had, like, a task that along the way which would have uh, derailed them? I'm not sure if there was something that you would say, like, okay, that that definitely would have been a problem for either of those two teams. Yeah, they it's hard fine. to tell. Yeah. yeah, they would have been fine. So Yeah, or they, they at least would have been more competitive. And again, I think it's like... Haley and Kaylin, again, I, I think they are absolutely lovely people. I love talking with them. Are they the strongest racers? Not necessarily, but it is really interesting how much a lot of their race was also informed by like pretty bad luck as well, mm-hmm. right? Because for all intents and purposes, they did okay during India. It's just that this like 
ragamuffin cab driver that apparently drove past the location they were supposed to go to several times, put them so far back, and then they had 40 minutes of waiting added on top of that, that it was just like, this is like old yellow hair. It was old yellow hair uh, this week. It just really putting them down behind the barn. So, just the question that I have here is, okay, forget the mine five. Is the final three going to be the mine three, the gung-ho three? God, I hope not. That's just going to be boring. It's it's like, I don't know. It feels like destiny now. Mm. Yeah, it's, Final it's destination. tough. Because, I mean, yeah. I guess the bright side would be if you're looking for an iron sharpens iron approach, these are, I think, the three strongest teams of the season. And so it would make for a hell of a final leg. And just your point about finales not being the strongest episodes of Amazing Race, that might not be the case here. You might have, for, for one of the first seasons we can remember in a while, like the outright three best teams of the season competing against each other. But to your point, that's also going to mean the next two episodes are going to be fairly rote, especially if there's a U-turn involved. Here's my other question as well with the Mine 5. How much do you think the Mine 5 was strengthened actually by the advent of the Yield? Because the Yield is an opportunity to like strategically wield influence. I wonder if that didn't exist outside of the U-turn. Would Will and James and the, and the Volley Bros and everyone be so gung-ho of like, okay, we're going to work together because if you don't have really any weapons to use, then there's not really that much of like a commodity you can use when making transactions. That's a really good point, Mike. I think this is the first season. I think this is this of all of the seasons of Amazing Race we've watched. This is the one where the racers seem to have the most agency over who else gets eliminated. Mm. And a part of that is certainly because they know everybody has the yield and they can work together to figure out uh, how to use it. Although I would argue that all the times we've seen the yield deployed, that was the team that was going home anyway, but it did kind of galvanize them to sort of talk to each other and figure out who they wanted to be there with them and then work with those people to get them further. And I don't know if it's necessarily the case that there's been more of that this, this season than in previous seasons, because we've talked to other racers and we know that they always work with other teams at least on a situational basis but it really does feel like the racers are affecting their own destiny when in the past the point of the amazing race was that you can't always control who else is leaving the game there's always a chance that someone's going to sneak by based on the elements of luck or being really good at a task and there's really it's like there's a lot on The Amazing Race that's out of your control, and it feels like there's more that's in their control this season, which mm. kind of makes it a little more claustrophobic in a way. I want to ask a couple of big picture questions. Do you think that if it does turn out this way, where there was the Mine 5, and then the Mine 5 became the Final 5, and then there was the 3, and then the, if the final, if that three, the Gung-Ho 3 becomes the 3, do you think that that contributed to the reason why there was such a, a long gap between... How long this has been in the can for? Do you think that that uh, ended up being a reason why there was not a rush to air this? I mean, first you have to call it the Hung Ho 3. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that, no, I mean, I think CBS, I think starting in season 30, has figured out where they want Amazing Race, which is essentially to put it in the the nooks and crannies between all their other big shows. Uh, Because I think 29 was the last time they really showed it on like that Friday night death slot. And then after that, they're like, oh yeah, we'll just throw it on the primetime slot like in between shows. I mean, season 30, they'd had like three or four double episodes, I remember. So they're they're fine with just like 
rushing through the season. I don't know if they're necessarily like, hey, uh, this season's a little, you know, rote down the line. We don't need to necessarily run it. I feel like they were totally, they would have loved to get it to get it out. I just think it's a matter of, well, we'll find time for it in our schedule. And because, you know, season 31, they didn't have time in the schedule until spring and summer of 2019. They couldn't really find time. They were going to find time uh, before, you know, the summer of 2020. Maybe for some reason that would have been the, the you know, I guess if anything, it would have gotten bumped for tough as nails. But maybe they, they felt like Amazing Race was such a known product that with the growing chance of no survivor in the fall, they're like, OK, we can at least put this on in the fall because mm-hmm. it's a reality show that's in the can that people know. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Mike. I think. They, I don't think they necessarily bumped it for Tough as Nails so much as Tough as Nails took its spot because they didn't know how Tough as Nails was going to do. They didn't know what a national treasure that show would ultimately become. But they did know that there's a certain number of people that are always going to watch Amazing Race. And we need those people to stick with our network if there's no new survivor in the fall. Okay. And then how about this? Will we ever find out if the Amazing Race enacted any sort of uh, new rules uh, in season 33 once they began filming with the season that ended up having to be stopped because of COVID? Well, I mean, we could probably find some of those people and ask them, but I've talked a little bit uh, with some of the racers that are on this season, um, and they have mentioned that they're, you know, it seemed like they were almost adjusting on the fly Mm -hmm. to make sure that this Mm -hmm. helping didn't take over the entire season. And so I would say we are going to definitely see some new rules in place in season 33 whenever that happens. Jess, can I ask you, because I'm I'm, like, you're so in the know and I'm I'm not. Is is the identity of like, are are the, do people know who the teams are of the season 33 cast of The Amazing Race? Rob, everybody always knows who's running the race before the race finishes filming because there's this little site called reality fan forum right that tracks the race in real time yeah. and i don't know if they ever found out um exactly who everybody was right i know the one big ticket item was i will not say the names but there was yeah. a couple from love island that were racing and that was like the big ticket news item love island one the, yeah from love island yeah. one that when when and the when there was news of, of the season stopping they're like oh this season had a couple from love island on it and they've since broken up, so I don't know if they'll oh, pick back up for 33. Oh, yeah, so, so that'll, that'll be a fun uh, No, pick up where they left off. That's this yeah, a great, but, uh, great television. The other team, yes. yeah, the other team that I know was on there was a team that uh, they're kind of, I don't know if they're YouTubers, I always see them on Facebook, like this uh, this couple that makes videos of like funny songs and things, and they're very funny. I was excited to see them, so oh, I hope uh, that- Oh, Will Appertude and Jess Sterling, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to keep that under wraps. I didn't want to jeopardize their chances of getting yes, back on. Yes. But, uh, okay. but yeah, I, I think that I'm happy to hear that, you know, that they were sort of fixing things on the flat. Look, is that going to fix the narrative aspects of things, which is probably the most frustrating part out of all of this? I don't think so. And that's, you know, my hope moving forward is that we are now that we are down from the mind five. I really hope that the next two episodes are not just going to be like, we have to make sure us three teams mm-hmm. get to the end. Cause again, well, well, it's a, well, it's certainly an advent, like, I, I want to concentrate more on what the teams are doing and the personalities, which I still think are there. But if the entire, you know, thing being beaten to our heads was like, wow, isn't this crazy how, you know, James and Will was, were able to sort of engineer this alliance. It's impressive, but I don't need to see only that. So I'm happy that at least from like a pragmatic perspective, the race is adjusting to make sure the whole hung D'Angelo fiasco 
never happens again. I just want to see more of these teams having fun around the world and less so about, you know, how they're they're working to make sure that they are sitting in a specific configuration that works to their betterment. All right. Jess, anything else about the mega leg? The mega leg. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's like a couple... There's a couple of little silly moments that I liked. Like I liked, I liked Madison goofing around by the portrait of the dude with the cool beard, yeah. mm-hmm. and I liked that Gary's little roadblock suit went to his knees, and then Hung was wearing the exact same one, and it went to her ankles. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. his little capris. Uh, can we? So I guess we could also like uh, give a moratorium on the yield as well. Are we saying sending it to Samoa or Noah moving forward? Are we putting this thing back into retirement on the Amazing Race? I'll say I would. I would keep it if we could put some more parameters in place. Like if you could, if you could, as a team, only receive a yield one time. I think that makes it a more interesting play. I like that everybody got one. That was that was nice, but I didn't like that everybody just basically dumped all of their yields on one team. That didn't feel sporting, and it didn't really affect the outcome. So, yeah, I want you to decide when you're going to use it and who you're going to use it on. Like, could you burn it on one of your allies so that they can't be yielded again? Mm. There's a lot of interesting things that could happen with this rule change. And I'm waiting for Twitter to tell me why this is a dumb idea. No, it's a good idea. Shut up, Twitter. Yeah, at me. Tell me why I'm wrong about this, because I don't think I am. You get yielded once, that's it. You can't get yielded again. Isn't that the case with the U-turn? No. You can be U-turned no. multiple times. In, 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 U-turned yeah, repeatedly. In, in, yeah, in the past seasons, you've been able to only U-turn once, but I think that's sort of uh, gone the way of the dodo. Yeah, okay. Rob, you, you were you were a newbie to the yield. How do you feel about it? Uh, it didn't really bring a lot to the table. I mean, that I think that the most we got out of it was when we saw uh, Kaylin and Haley giving a yield to uh, Leo and Alana, but even then, it was not the decisive death blow. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the final death blow. Fine with sending this uh, back to the dump. As yeah. it were. I just think it it shows why episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those, but it's one of those things where like you bring it back and you're like, oh yeah, there's a reason why this turned into the U-turn. It just it felt like, and I like just has said before, like I don't love the admin of people just standing waiting around while a, a timer ticks down. At least with the U-turn, you have to go out and accomplish a task. There's something actionable behind it. This felt like it may have provided one or two dramatic moments, but I, I will honestly say I think for the most part it's been a failure, which is fine. It's cool to experiment, but I would say like I'd rather see like a U-turn vote than a yield. U-turn vote was good. Personally. Bring it back. No, maybe yeah, this this, like this, this season it actually would have been uh, a bit of an a problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 okay. Yeah, I don't like it for this season. Um, Amazing Race Australia had yield vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that the Amazing Race, uh, when it's uh, working at its best, it it should be like a a game of Mario Kart. Mario Kart, for uh, people who get on me about uh, pronunciation, of that, you know, it's not like, hey, hey, we're the top four teams. Uh, Let's, uh, you know, box out uh, Koopa and Princess. Uh, That everybody's trying, everybody's shooting the red turtle shells at anybody that's in front of them. It's a free-for-all. Right. And so I think maybe they felt like by inviting more powers into the game as you will that that would sort of cause that calamity to happen and evidently it didn't maybe it was just sort of again i don't know if that informed this group sort of coalescing together if it just happened too coincidentally but you know the yield was introduced on what like uh i think six out of six legs or something six out of eight legs and it was used twice 
I think that's all you need to see as as to whether or not this thing will actually do the you know carry out the effect that you want it to. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, anything else that we want to say before we get to uh, moving on from the mega leg? We're going to Cambodia next Ooh, week. Okay. Speaking of the aforementioned table dancer Stephen Fishback. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll we'll see uh, what comes up next Wednesday. Back to one hour of amazing race. It's going to fly by. All right. Yeah, I think yeah, only only three episodes left. Like we we made it through four episodes in two weeks, and now we are merely less than a month away from a winner being crowned here. Yep. Uh Jess, uh you and I had the chance to talk about uh people racing with dogs over on Amazon on the brand new show The Pack. Uh we got to review the series premiere over there and uh it was a fun show which if you're looking for more amazing race like fair uh without you know the all, a ton of alliance stuff uh check out the pack over on Netflix yeah i if you if you love dogs i think you will really enjoy the pack um i guess that's you know amazing race but dogs yeah so do that's the dogs have to fit people for their dentures as well <laughs> well um, you've only gotten through the first episode <laughs> yeah i i they might do that in a later leg but they have not so far yeah Okay. Uh, you can check out our podcast uh, there with Brooklyn Zed and Lita Brillman up on robinsonwebsite.com. Just what else do you have coming up? Uh, well, Mike Bloom and I got Star Trek Disco all up in um, our ears and eyes. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. I, I, I heard disco and I, I'm trying to go a disco way and I don't know. I, it's It's been a long day. This that's that's a very Tilly-like response of plugging the podcast, Jess. So I think it's yeah, very on the I'm definitely I'm I'm doing my best, Sylvia Tilly, to tell you all to check out our recap of Star Trek Discovery, which usually drops around Sunday. And that is a lot of fun. And also, we are just about wrapping up Fear the Walking Dead World Beyond. Mm. Um, and Josh Wiggler and Chappelle and I have been having a really great time. Uh, the season finale of Fear the Walking Dead, such as it is, um, due to pandemic, they had to stop filming. But that aired this week. And we... Had a great time breaking it all down, and we got one more week of World Beyond, and then that too will be over, and it'll be sad to say goodbye to these two shows, which is something I never thought I would say. Okay. Mike, what do you have coming up? So, uh, besides the Star Trek stuff, down the hatch, we have uh, gone around to Catch-22, Desmond's a monk, what?! And all those questions and more are answered as Josh Wiggler and I really go round the bend to uh, finish off Season 3 of Lost as well, which is going to be a crazy stretch down the line. So be sure to check all that out, as well as, as I mentioned before, I got to interview Kaylin and Haley about their experience on the race, uh, what they learned about each other, which they were able to still do that despite spending each and every day together. They still learn things about each other, all their ups and downs, mostly downs uh, over the course of the race. And, uh, you know, how the, the friendship that they struck up with Leo and Alana ended up uh, instead of walking to the yield board they ended up walking down the aisle at their wedding so be sure to check that all out at parade.com and we will certainly have more to come with the tar pits as well which should be uh coming out on the weekend okay yes I and mean, send us your questions amazing race at rob has a website.com we'll get into the tar pit uh my interview with kaylin and haley as well uh and much more fun and games over on uh the tar pit plus uh we had talking with t-bird this week we caught up with brandon quinton a old uh tribe mate for uh teresa cooper who uh i remember uh survivor africa was 
airing on Thanksgiving night, uh, way back when in the year 2001. Uh, Clarence got voted out, very sad, uh, spoiler alert, uh, for that night. And then also, of course, uh, lots more. I've uh, got, uh, got some fun podcasts coming up, uh, this weekend. If you didn't catch my discussion with Chappelle about Enneagrams. I thought that was a really fun podcast that I did uh, this past week. Plus, uh, we caught up about the Spice Girls on Robin and Community Podcast. Lots of great stuff going on. Robinswebsite.com. Have a happy holiday, everybody. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Support from this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? Drop into Pluto for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows for free. Yes, for free. No subscription, no fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of The Amazing Race, Narcos, CSI, Star Trek, Survivor, and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. What are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, and Fire TV and start streaming now. Pluto TV, drop in and watch free.